Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pre-Construction Podcast. This week I caught up with a young gun pre-construction engineer who works for Wharton Smith in Orlando, Florida. His name is Daniel Kimmick and among other things, Daniel has a 100% hard bid record, which after three years, it's not bad. I think you'll agree Daniel is a smart, articulate and motivated engineer who gives a great insight into what it's like trying to figure out what the best route is for his career. This is a great episode to share with any young engineers who you know or even some people who are considering the engineering and construction world. Now, just before we hear from Daniel, let's hear a few words from our sponsor, Beck Technology. So here is their president, Stuart Carroll. Hey everyone, I'm Stuart Carroll. I'm the president at Beck Technology. We are based in Dallas, Texas, and we are a pre-construction software company. We were founded in 1996, and we've really been focused on the world of pre-construction. We believe that pre-construction is where the biggest decisions that impact the outcome of a project occur. And we believe that through the use of technology, we can enable our users to make better, more informed pre-construction decisions. The net result of which is to make the world a better place. We're excited to uh, announce our partnership with Niche. And one of the things that really excites me is bringing pre-construction professionals the opportunity to get certified in our latest uh, product, Destiny Estimator. It's our belief that if we can help you understand how integrated pre-construction and pre-construction data lifecycle can benefit your business, um, it will ultimately improve the pre-construction services that you bring to your customers. And we'd like to uh, announce that we're gonna be releasing this at the end of Q1, and it's available to anybody that's a friend of Niche. Hey, Daniel Kimmick, welcome to the Pre-Construction Podcast. Hey, how are you doing? Appreciate right, being well. on here. No worries. Thanks for making the time. It is a Saturday morning, so we do appreciate you taking the weekend to, to make an appearance. Yeah, not a problem at all. Good, man. Yeah, so for those in the audience that don't know you, Daniel, give us a quick overview of where you're at in the U.S. Um, and what you're currently doing. Yeah, so I uh, currently am living in Orlando, Florida. Uh, I grew up in Melbourne, which is just about an hour away on the east coast of Florida here. And uh, I went to school at USCF, got my civil engineering degree, um, but now I'm working in construction, doing estimating for uh, Wharton Smith Construction. And yeah, it's been quite the, uh, quite the journey so far. I'm really happy where I'm at. Um, and when you had talked about the, uh, this podcast, I was interested to jump on and, and give some insight to the new folks coming into the industry. Good man. Yeah, that's, we've, uh, we've interviewed, if you've caught up on most of the, the, the episodes at the moment, we've interviewed quite a lot of VPs, directors, owners, presidents. So I was really keen to get a young up and coming uh, pre-construction engineer on, on board, just to give his insight into the market. Um, but first, before we do that, Let's go all the way back to your education. You moved um, and you moved to Orlando for your civil engineering degree. Um, 
why civil engineering and was was construction always on your radar or was it part of your family history what was the what was the thinking behind that no i didn't decide to do construction until the end of my uh, degree there but uh i picked civil engineering initially just because i was always like a hands-on guy would take things apart wanted to see how they worked and put them back together um so that just kind of seemed like the most straightforward option at the time and then as i got into it you know because there's different branches of civil engineering so i figured i would decide where i wanted to head um but again i ended up going down the construction route which you know they coincided with each other so it wasn't a major change but it was just something that was more fitting for me it's good yeah because i've been speaking with um senior people senior pre-construction and estimating people about the types of degrees on offer in the U.S. Um, did you have an opportunity to do construction management, or what, or even go down the mechanical side, electrical side? Why civil? Do you think? Uh, it was just again, it was just the broad. It was just a broad cloud of of uh, engineering. Um, I wasn't really interested in mechanical or electrical. Uh, building infrastructure is a huge thing, and you know, in this day and age, so I thought that was a good route to take that would be successful in the long run, you know, of course you have to put your time and effort into it. Yeah. Of course, like, like, like everything in life. Um, was yeah. there any particular type part of the degree that you liked more so than others? Um, to give you an idea, I did electrical engineering, uh, for my degree back in 2006 and there definitely was part of parts of it that I really enjoyed, but then other parts I, I, I just could never see myself doing. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we actually have to take uh, some wastewater, water wastewater classes for environmental engineering. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed those the most. I kind of wish that I had did environmental engineering, but it is what it is. I just enjoyed it while it lasted. And um, yeah, that was, that was probably my favorite part out of the civil engineering track. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. There's always that, that one thing that, that stands out. So you, you finished the degree. Um, I think you did a, a couple of interns at, at Roadway des, as a roadway designer um, and also at GEC. Talk us, talk us through those. So my first internship was working uh, in geotech engineering. I was just like a CAD designer kind of thing, just helped out with the, uh, the soil borings and, and putting the, the, uh, the proposals together. Uh, I did do a lot of... Um, field work during the summers with them so i was out there doing boring holes with the with the brig and and hand augers and stuff like that um and then going forward i did do some roadway designing um which was strictly just you know being in the office on your computer and and just working on microstation and it it brought a lot of insight as just to how different the the branches of engineering are um and then my last one was a construction uh, internship, which kind of turned the page for me, and that's what got me into construction. Good, good. And what was it that, that kind of caught your eye or kind of got, got, got you interested in construction um, that, that maybe civil didn't have? I just felt like it was more oriented between being in the office and going out in the field. I wanted to have that that proper balance between the two because I'm not one to design behind a computer for 40 hours a week. Um, so that, that was really, that was the primary thing. And, and not that in engineering, you don't do that. I'm just more of a people person too. And I like working in teams 
things of that nature. So it was just seemed more intriguing and it seemed like something that I could be more involved with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand about the pre-construction. I think there's a, there's a misconception there that it's very, very maths focused and you've got to have the, the, the math brain to put costs together and, and put quantities together. But the, the other side of it, the soft skills and the interpersonal skills and the communication skills, it is becoming more impart, important, if not crucial, to becoming a good pre-construction estimator, pre-construction manager, and, and climbing the ladder. Um, and it sounds, for, from, from the time I've known you, it sounds as if you've, you, you've got those soft skills and, and maybe you could leverage that in your career. Yeah, I would say it's crucial if you want to become a construction estimator because anytime that you do have the opportunity to go out in the field, whether it's before construction, in the middle of construction, or it's you know post construction, you can see you can see how everything's kind of constructed and and then you put you know a name to the face kind of deal with when you see it in person and you're looking on the drawings, it make it starts to make sense because some people are visual learners and when they look at drawings they don't quite understand. So over time, as you get opportunities to go in the field and see the projects that you might be working on, it gives you more insight and, in essence, makes you a better estimator because you can then visualize what you're looking at on paper. Yeah, and that's, I think that's another kind of thing to be that's really important to the people considering whether they're just before college or in college right now and considering a career. Because within pre-construction, and maybe you can tell us a little bit more about it, on like the life cycle of a project, how much would you visit site and, and get a good feel for what's happening on site? Or Because I think there's a misconception that you're just sitting in the office, you're just bang out looking at drawings, but that, that's not the case, is it? No, not at all. I, and it, it kind of depends. It might be a special project that we'll go out and kind of do like a field trip. We'll make a field trip out of it. And uh, like if, we, if there's a new school that's being built and it's, it's a tilt panel, building you know we might go out there and watch them lift up the tilt panels and, and kind of put all that together because it's it's kind of fascinating you know you you will make the estimate and and put all that effort to it but you're not really sure how it happens so seeing it kind of just gives you more perspective it's like okay definitely don't forget that crane to lift those tilt panels <laughs> or you know just something simple like that it's it uh, gives you more perspective for sure yeah and i think it allows you to visualize the next project a lot easier um, oh, gives, yeah 100 100 <laughs> yeah and so give us an idea now types of projects you're working on at the moment with wharton smith what's size of of projects are, are you across a, a diverse range uh yeah for the most part uh, i was working on a bus feeling station for a new high school that was built um i'm actually working on the elementary school that i went to as a kid uh they're they're doing some oh, renovation wow. so i was so I, I did that project. Um, I did a, like a training building for a water wastewater plant. Um, our other, our wastewater division had the whole plant and then we, the commercial side, bid on the uh, the training building. So, it, you know, nothing, nothing super crazy expensive as far as project costs, but um, definitely a variety, variety yeah. of projects. Yeah, that's important. And again, your love, uh, your love for wastewater and water. Maybe, maybe one day you'll jump out, jump over to the the dark side, would you? <laughs> yeah. from, the, from the commercial Wharton Smith to the wastewater. Uh, I 
I don't know. Probably not because it, it wouldn't be the same. It's not like you're designing water wastewater plants, from my knowledge. Maybe they do. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're you're, you're comfortable now in the commercial side. Um, and give yeah. us a, an idea as well, um, Daniel, because I know that you're out of Florida, a Florida native, but you did move to Orlando. How was that move? And, and give us a, a little feel for Orlando because we do re relocate. Orlando is one of our hot, hot spots and we do relocate a lot of people from around the US to Orlando. Give us a feel for, for what it's like, what it's got to offer and, and what you like about it. Sure. I mean, the move to Orlando from Melbourne wasn't that bad at all. I mean, I kind of grew up going back and forth from Melbourne to Orlando. Um, so it's just like another drive. My, my buddy and I, we just had a small U-Haul and packed what little stuff we had and then just moved up here. Um, but as you know, Orlando's got all the theme parks. So that's, that's really the main attraction. Um, I myself growing up on the beach, you know, I, I'm an hour away, but it's, it's not that far to get to the beach. Cause that's just like my own personal oasis. Um, I mean, golf is pretty, uh, pretty evident in, uh, in this day and age, especially with all the guys at work, we'll go play golf on the weekends. Um, Nice. I'm a, I'm a big hockey guy, so we actually do have a couple ice rinks. And as you know, we have some NHL teams uh, in the nearby area. Um, there's a lot of rec like recreational parks and a lot of community involvement with, uh, with just sports in general. So that's always intriguing, too. You know, there's options out there. It's not like there isn't. It's not like there isn't much out there. Cool, cool. And I think you're uh, I know you're an avid hockey fan, but you're pretty handy at it as well, I believe. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I've only been at it for five or six years, but but uh, it keeps me in shape. <laughs> Good man. I hope you can hear. Uh, I hope you can hear my uh, my uh, son and daughter, four year old and a two year old, running around next door. So if you hear that the noise in the background, that's that's who it is. Okay, no worries. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, I mean, Daniel, the, the one thing that I really like about the, your level at the moment, although you've you've only been you graduated let me just check you've only been in the industry since 2007 17 sorry um you've experienced quite a lot with the autocad the civil side and the ground up side um is there any advice that you would give to maybe an intern at the moment or somebody studying civil engineering any advice that you would give them to to, to kind of challenge themselves or to to get the best out of themselves yeah, I would say just to really put yourself out there. I know it's it's uh, a lot of people are lenient or nervous to to put themselves out there in the industry or with internships and such, but uh, it definitely helps you out in the long run. Um, you you meet more people, you meet new people, they you have new connections. Um, it gives you perspective. Uh, it's it's all about perspective. I keep saying that. You get that from the different internships that you do. It kind of helps you guide yourself onto what you do really want to focus on if, if you're not sure because you know you could do that same internship or the same couple internships your whole college career and and then you still you graduate and you're still unsure so I highly recommend getting out there and trying different internships and that's the whole purpose of it too you know you don't have to stay landlocked at one company um, you know just because they pay you a decent hourly wage or something yeah um, but along with that, you know, when you go through college, it's, there's more than just the book smart portion, all the material that you learn that you come through, that you take out of it. I always talk about, uh, 
with one of the interns at work. He always asked me why I'm always so, he's like, you're always so uh, relaxed when you have all these projects going on. It's like, you, you don't seem like you stress out that much. And I, and I just tell him because I was like, yeah, well, when I was in college and we had, you know, four exams in one week or all these projects and I was really freaking out, you know, it's like, I take that scenario and I apply it to my day job and, you know, you just be relaxed. It's like, I've already been through it. So now I understand how to work through it and just, and not freak out. Cause then you kind of lose your performance and, you know, this yeah. and that. I like, I like that piece of advice. Um, I think, there's certain people that can do that or are quite mellow anyway. And you, to, be, to be honest with you, you seem quite mellow and quite calm and collected. Um, but it's great advice that if anybody is worrying about the exams or about, like, let's be honest, whenever hopefully COVID moves on, there's going to be a tsunami of projects landing on your desk and there's going to be people looking for bids left, right and center. So it's great advice to be able to just remain calm do your best at, at, at everything, maybe prioritize one project over the other or one, one uh, topic. Um, but that's, that's good advice. Um, and then the, the other thing is, and one thing that you've done looking at uh, and speaking to you, you've kind of upskilled yourself during this downtime, um, whether it be on LinkedIn learning or reading books or watching, watching stuff online. I mean, there's so much free stuff online. Um, is there anything that you would recommend someone catch up on or is there any one thing that you think it's definitely worth doing? Yeah, I, uh, with LinkedIn learning, um, I don't know as far as like estimating softwares like PlantSwift. I don't think there's any material like that, but just Microsoft uh, softwares like Excel, uh, anything that you would use in the construction industry, there is a plethora of videos that you could watch and just update yourself. Um, again, I was, uh, we talked earlier about it. Uh, I watched this four hour video about Excel and I knew most of it, but I learned so much in the first 10 minutes of the video that I, you know, it's, you can't put a price on it and it's really helpful, especially if you do have downtime and not even just software related. I watched a video on time management and I watched a video on just like, you know, body language in the office and, and how to react during certain situations. It's just kind of just gives you more material to prepare yourself to be a, a better version of yourself in the future. Brilliant. Yeah, great advice. We had, if you get a chance, I'm releasing one next week. Um, Daniel's yours are probably two weeks time. I'm trying to keep kind of two week in, in, uh, in front of myself. A, there's a guy, Martin Walsh, who he was a, a young engineer from a very good university in Ireland who came to the U.S. and he's been here 22 years. But he openly admits that when he arrived in the U.S., he was very raw. He couldn't go into a meeting with an architect, an owner, and a GC. He was just very bullish and, and brash. And he said he developed those soft skills constantly um, throughout his career by challenging himself. And he's now, you, you'll notice it on the video, he's really well-rounded. Well um, so that's... People, I don't think people put enough emphasis, especially on, as you say, the, the body language or the soft skills of any job, but more importantly, estimating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just even communication within your team, it's just how, how, do you, how are you presenting yourself to them? And then if it's a certain way that, you know, maybe that you could adjust on and then you go over to like an owner meeting like you're talking about, it's just, you might not notice what you're doing at first, if you, even if you don't think it's wrong and it, it couldn't be, it's, it might not be something crucial, but again, those simple things, just how you deliver your words or, or how you react to someone, or do you keep interrupting them? It's, 
those are things that are important to look for or think about if you do watch something like that and and you can kind of adjust that as you go and just refine yourself good good and tell us um how important is obviously in bid day uh, if you're presenting with with a client um how important is that, especially to, to winning the project? Obviously, you've, at that stage, you'll, you'll have worked on the project for two, three, four weeks. Um, understanding the project and, and the way you deliver it, how important is it in actually getting the, the work, do you think? Well, it's, it's super important, of course. Um, I think some of the negotiated work is, that present, whole presentation is done initially. Um, you know, if we're doing like a hard bid job and, and it comes to the due date, that portion actually is is pretty simple. You just, because you have your sealed bid, you might sit in there in the room with the owner's rep and maybe the other competitors and they'll just, they'll just go, they'll just unseal it. They'll open it. They'll look at the price. They'll kind of jot it down and, and, you know, who are the respective low bidder at the time, you know, might be awarded the project. Um, but in that, you know, the whole presentation that you give them, you know, there's bid requirements, the whole nine yards, how you, how you set up your whole proposal. You know, if it's, if it's off by one little detail, you know, you might be disqualified. So, and, and we have personnel that, that do that. It's not like it's all on the estimator, you know, it's, again, it's a team effort. Um, so we all work together to make sure that that's, you know, in, in mint condition for, for the owner. Brilliant, good. And is it, uh, what do you like better? Do you like the negotiated work, the hard bid, the same at risk? Um, or does, does the competitive age of Daniel Kimmick come out and, and say, I love a hard bid and <laughs> I, I love the, the victory dance or the... Uh, yeah, so I've, I've done a lot of CMAR and I've done hard bids. That was all I really did was hard bids uh, at my first uh, estimating company that I worked for. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, uh, I don't think I've lost a hard bid yet that I wasn't supposed to. So I know it's a, uh, I don't want to jinx it, but uh, oh, I, was gonna say. I have a pretty good track record with those. <laughs> Very good. Um, and what, what is it? What, why do you think that is? Is it because you, you like, because negotiated risk list or, or same at risk and negotiated is slightly different. Do you think that the hard bid, your, your, your competitive background and your track record, is that because you know that you're up against three or four of your competitors and you just want, you want to, you want to taste victory? Of course, yeah, you're you're you know, it, you're on the line to to get the proper price, and it's just exhilarating, really. You know, you you're uh, you're you're pressed for time. You're trying to get everything together, and uh, they actually we we do a little different here at Warden Smith from the last company. I'm I'm not actually used to it, where where you would get your sub numbers and submit your bid on the same day. Um, okay. Maybe that's just how it's supposed to be done. I guess I'm not used to that, but. But nevertheless, it's uh, it is fun. You know, you're always you're like, oh, how do we do? How do we do? You know, you're always curious. Um, but I do enjoy it. And I mean, the CMR portion is fun because you go through the iterations of, you know, schematic design, design development, and then you know your 100% drawings. Um, it isn't. It's it's intriguing for sure because you have to go through it with a fine tooth comb to see what changes are between the different sets of drawings. Um, so that has its own, that has its own uh, parts that are intriguing. Brilliant, very good. Um, and get, listen, we all know the pre-construction and estimating. It's it's a stressful role. It's it's a difficult position. What is the most difficult? If you could pinpoint one thing that you would like to see change or that that, that stresses you out, what is the most difficult part of of your job? 
Um, well, we're actually in the process of taking our, you know, our PlanSwift takeoff software and how we do things in Excel, you know, with our templates, our estimate templates and our guidelines. We're kind of, we're working on like a guideline for, for estimating. Um, and again, that's, that involves working in your estimate and how you do your takeoff in PlanSwift because, you know, you've got your senior guys, you've got your mid-level guys, and then there's guys like me who are upcoming. And uh, what me and uh, one of my coworkers and I at the moment were putting together this guideline to kind of keep everyone on the same page. You know, this guy does it this way and he likes it. And then this guy does it this way and he loves it. And he's been doing it for years. Uh, but we're trying to make it mainstream and, and just do a certain way. That way, you know, there's not any gimmicks, not any mishaps when, when you're, because if someone does an estimate and then they, you have to hand it off to the next guy, it's, you have to spend time just trying to see where they're at and what they mean by what they say. So with this guideline, again, you know, that'll, that'll hopefully eliminate that and just keep everything flowing nicely. Yeah, absolutely. And how, how nice would that be when you, you bring a guy under underneath you or the next guy into the company, you can just hand them the, the procedures and the policies and how you do the standards and then they can be up to speed much, much quicker. Right. Yeah. And the whole purpose of it is to give it to an intern or, you know, someone new in general, and they could go through it, hopefully know how to do it. And then they can, they can work on their estimate and have it open at the same time and follow along and then execute uh, without, without any issues. Um, so, so that is the goal for sure. And I, I, I do look forward to when we finish that we've actually been pretty busy. So it's, it's work on work, try to work on the guidelines, work on work, try to work on the guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> very good yeah it's, it's non-stop and just uh, and, and I know it's kind of a, a touchy so subject but it would be uh, uh, not good to, to dismiss COVID-19 um, obviously you guys have been in the office doing your social distancing how do you how are you finding it and what do you see coming out of this this pandemic um, well we're just kind of held to a little bit higher standard you know just be responsible outside of work don't don't go anywhere that or, you know, don't go into large crowds of people kind of thing. Um, so I've just, you know, I've been maintaining my distance outside of work and, and at work. Again, we do our social distancing and I have my own cube. So it's, yeah, I don't really leave my cube too often, but I mean, we're flowing. We're, we're still working hard. Uh, I've, I put in a lot of hours last week, which, which I actually enjoyed doing. I, I was working on this project for uh, the city, uh, one of the nice. public works facilities. Um, so that was, it's actually a lot of fun. That one's a Seymour. Um, but I mean, as far as work goes, everything seems pretty normal. Um, all the owners, their projects are still going on. So we're still working. Um, it's, it's obviously after when you leave work and you go home and we're home for the weekend and it's like, what do we do? You know, it's, let's just start a bunch of little projects and, and we'll make the day out of it at the house kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's tough at home. Um, it, it's, it's tough, and, and thank God. I mean, this week I mentioned it on my, on the, the podcast with Brian Myers, the the BIM guru out of St. Louis, and we said, "Listen, it's it looks as if we're coming out of this. Restrictions are being lifted. Construction projects are being given the go ahead across the U.S. So, fingers crossed, this will look a lot better in two or, two or three weeks. Because how nice! And has have the golf courses opened in in Orlando yet? They've been open the whole time, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, well, you're you're uh, you're flying then. Uh, what do you play off? What do I play off of? Yeah, handicap. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, right now I pro I probably should. I don't I try not to keep score. That way I can still stay in the game. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Okay. Brilliant. Well listen, thank you very much. This will be be really helpful for the, the junior people in, in the industry and the people looking to get in there. It's a good perspective because as I said, the we have got a lot of VPs, directors, presidents in, in on the podcast so far. So this will be refreshing to to the younger the younger listeners, especially the people going into college, in college at the minute, or maybe in their interns. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thank you to Daniel for taking the time out to record that episode over the weekend. Really appreciate it. I really enjoyed speaking with Daniel. He's a super smart guy who seems to have found a great company in Wharton Smith to help take his career to the next level. Um, He's a guy I see doing really, really well. A couple of reasons for that. Firstly, his ability to communicate with others, uh, which I think is really important, especially if he has those skills at a young age. And then more importantly, his desire to learn and challenge himself. Um, I got that from him. He has no problem throwing himself into new challenges, but doing it in a, in a, in a methodical way. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, share it with your peers. There will be clips of the podcast or the interview coming out on LinkedIn over the next few weeks um, once I get them trimmed and looking good. Thanks again for listening. And as always, there's much more to come. Speak to you soon.